went to a one-room school my first three years. And in fact, they had outdoor uh, toilets. The first kids that ever got to the schoolhouse, they would have to bring in a bucket of coal. When you listen to Jim Moretti there talk about going to school as a kid, it sort of sounds like the stories our parents or our grandparents told us about having to walk through the snow seven miles uphill both ways. However, in Jim's case, I know what he's saying about going to a one-room schoolhouse heated only by coal is true, because I've been to the town he grew up in. Jim Moretti was born and raised in a tiny town called Carter, Wyoming. It's down in the southwest corner of the state. It used to be a major shipping point where countless stockpens there fed cattle and sheep onto the Union Pacific to go to market. However, unlike some towns that start as a collection of tents and cabins and then eventually become cities, when I drove through Carter, Wyoming the first time in 1999, all that was left were some small, squat structures, the railroad tracks bisecting the town, and one weirdly well-preserved abandoned hotel. It looked like it hadn't changed since people went to it on horseback, wearing spurs and cowboy hats. It had a full basement that propped up two stories, and it even had an attic with a porch and a balcony. And most importantly, it had a false front up at the top, like you'd see in a Western movie. I walked up to that old building that was made out of very old, very weathered boards and tried to see inside. Although it didn't look like anyone lived in the hotel or anywhere else in Carter, it still had curtains in its windows. I wanted so bad to look inside and see something from the past exactly where it had been left, instead of inside of a museum display case in this apparent time capsule forgotten on the range between Rock Springs and Evanston, Wyoming. Luckily, because this is Wyoming, my mom knew who the hotel had belonged to and put me in touch with them. On this episode of That Doesn't Happen Every Day, in which we interview everyday people about things that don't normally happen every day, we listen to the story of one man who grew up in a time capsule, and then, when everyone else left, he refused to go. That's where I lived all my life, except for four years. For most of the years from his birth until the mid-1980s, Jim Reddy lived in what's known as the Carter Hotel with his family who owned it. While I was obsessed with this strange old building out in the middle of nowhere, I have to admit even I wouldn't want to live there. Carter was one of the neatest places to grow up as a kid. I asked Jim what was neat about this lonely collection of decaying buildings on either side of the railroad tracks. We had a barrel, and so we would get inside that barrel, close that lid, and then roll down the hill and must have been 10,000 rocks there that you'd go over. It just beat us to death. But, you know, that was cool. (laughs) All of Jim's stories about growing up in Carter, Wyoming, are sort of like that. They come from a time and place when kids were allowed to run free well before the invention of bike helmets and tracking apps on cell phones or cell phones at all. On the north side of the tracks, there was two old depots and all of us kids would go in there and we'd play. We'd pull the slats out off the wall, nails sticking out all over, had sword fights, getting stuck on them nails and stuff. Then they'd kick us out and make us go play in the hills and stuff. I wished I just had half of the arrowheads I found. He tells me another story about how even the adults seem to be living in a time and place and culture that doesn't have a lot of the same things we have now. This story starts when the adults found something by the duck pond where Jim would float his raft. There was only one beaver that got in there. 
and it come waddling up the tracks one time, and it was right by the depot, and Fred Imoni roped it, playing with it and stuff like that. I mean, it was pretty cool. Jim shows me an old sepia-toned photo of men smiling beneath their cowboy hats as a very fat, very hairy beaver stares back at the camera with buck teeth and a rope loosely around its neck like a dog leash. I know that this story might bother some people, and I'm sure it would really bother the game and fish, but the story and the photo called back to another time when people weren't worried about conservation. They were just excited about the new pet they'd found and were enjoying it as a community instead of hiding in their houses and binge-watching something. Another reason why this picture captivates me is because off to the right, way back behind the beaver, you can see the Carter Hotel. It turns out that despite how old the structure looks, it was actually built in 1915. Jim describes the layout of the place where he lived with his family. You walk in, and on the left side, that was a post office years, years earlier, right there. Upstairs, there's nine rooms up there. You know, and you could see in some of the rooms upstairs where people had shot bullet holes in, in the walls and stuff. And they, they had uh, some old brass beds and stuff up in there. And it was even accused of being a house of ill repute. In defense of the Carter Hotel, just about every old hotel, especially those in the West, are rumored to have had prostitutes working there, with or without the knowledge or consent of the management. And then the, the basement was awesome. It was huge. Moonshining, gambling, all that stuff going on down there during Prohibition. By the time Jim was born, Prohibition had ended, and his family also owned and operated a cafe and bar just a stone's throw from the hotel. I was like 10 or 12 years old, attended bar and cooked and everything that age. You know, the cop would come in during the dance. You drinking? No, sir. You drinking? No, sir. Go to dad. He said, okay, make sure they don't drink. See you later. Eventually, Jim was taken from his home on the range to the jungles of Vietnam, where he fought as a Marine. However, in the late 70s, Jim returned to the hotel with his wife and kids, even though his old home was no longer functioning as a hotel. 78, we moved in there for seven years. By this time, the old wooden place had survived nearly 55 Wyoming winters and the endless winds of its open spaces. And we had a, a, a diesel stove. We used to have to have blankets hanging from the door because it gets so cold in there. You know, I got pictures of, of uh, snow that was as tall as a lot of the barns and stuff. Given that this story is about a family snowed in at an isolated hotel, I had to ask him if he ever thought of himself living through The Shining. <laughs> well, no, I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> However, Jim does admit that his ex-wife did have some Shining-esque moments in the old hotel when she lived there. She swears there's people living there, ghost-type people, and that uh, as soon as I'd leave, light switch would move, or the blanket we had hanging over the door would start blowing. And as long as she stayed in the kitchen, our bedroom, and the living room, she was fine. She swears by that. I lived there all them years, and I didn't recognize any of that. Jim even got a chance to mention what his wife was seeing and feeling to a psychic. And the guy says, she's going to see that. And I said, well, why can't I see it? And he said, well, you're the master of that house. 
and they don't mess with the master. Jim relates the experience of one of his few neighbors who moved into his aunt and uncle's old house within view of the hotel. And his wife would come out of my aunt and uncle's house and look on the north window on the west side and look up, and she could see a woman standing up there. And you see that picture of my grandmother? She described it, and that's what was there. And, and they, uh, they swear by it. I asked Jim about any bad memories he had of the hotel or the town. You know, I remember the good times. I mean, it, it was... I'm sitting here and I'm trying to think what was bad living there. The thing is, Jim does in fact seem to remember some bad things that happened. Like when he was still in diapers and tried to make the short walk from his uncle's house back to the hotel by himself. And so I decided uh, I'll go back home. So I walked up on the road went across the railroad tracks. I was still in my diaper and everything. And they estimate 15 seconds later, one of them uh, trains come through. And it's wonder I didn't get killed. He even talks about the hard work he'd have to do to help on local ranches. Would help with the docking and shearing and stuff. Heck, I even castrated, you know, uh, some of the males with my teeth. To clarify, the practice of using your teeth to castrate lambs is actually really common. Basically, your hands are busy pushing on the lamb, and the easiest way to castrate it is with your teeth. This method of castration has even been featured on the show Dirty Jobs, and many of my own relatives use the same method to castrate lambs. As we started to end up in our seventh year, my ex-wife didn't like driving the Carter Road to take the kids to school because they did away with the busing. And uh, she says, well, you can stay here in a hotel, and I'm moving to Mountain View. (laughs) Jim now lives in a really nice modern house in the tiny town of Mountain View, Wyoming. However, he still speaks fondly of his childhood and the old hotel and everything that happened in that area. As we talked, I was wondering how nostalgia could ever have that strong of a pull when Jim points to the window at something in the backyard. He looked right over there. That's the outhouse sitting over there. Sure enough, Jim had moved the old outhouse from the back of the hotel into his backyard right there in town. At this point, his love of the past and that hard way of life was starting to seem a little ludicrous. But that was when I got at least part of the answer about why he loved Carter. The reason I got that, my dad signed that in 1944-45, put his name in there, so... In Wyoming, you can find shearing sheds and sheep wagons and even aspen trees where people have drawn things or written things. Apparently, Jim's dad carried on the tradition in the outhouse. Maybe that's why the outhouse and the big house on the range was so important to Jim. In giving me a mental tour of the hotel, he also mentions... And that's, that's the bedroom my dad died in. And even when people talked about the ghost of his grandmother seen in the hotel window, Jim's response is this... I've always wanted to see her again, you know, I mean, because I lived with her for 12 years. It was hard hard living, I guess, if you look back at it now compared to what, what's going on. You know, we never noticed that. I think Jim sums it up for a lot of us, especially people in Wyoming who see the state changing. We don't mind the cold and the snow and the inconveniences or even the occasional ghost, maybe. Like Jim, I think all of us just want to go back to a time and place where we were happy, and the people who we loved were close to us, and everything seemed all right, even if it wasn't always easy. It's just that, unlike the rest of us, Jim actually tried to go back there and stay there, 
even if that place that held those memories was dying. I leave one last anecdote about Jim tending the bar in Carter when he was just a kid. I'd sit behind the bar drinking a Coke, and they would be having their beer and stuff. They would tell me, they'd say, go up, go up there and get us some cottontails and cook them up for us, will you? And I would go up and shoot 10, 12 of them. Sometimes it'd take me an hour, sometimes two hours, depending. Come down, cook them, set the big old pan on the bar, and uh, then we'd sit there and eat them cottontails and you know none of them guys they opened up cans of beer but they never cheated us one time none of them did i hope you've enjoyed this episode of that doesn't happen every day i will try to have another story for you very soon if you're listening on the radio and would like to hear all of these stories or maybe even subscribe to the show it's completely free just go to that doesn't happen every day two words podcast and you should get a link from there that will get you started thanks and please share this with a friend have a good day